this recording will cover the last few weeks where we talked about African-American contribution to American philosophy. So remarking on the contribution of African-Americans to American philosophy, they have continued and pushed the conversation about oppression and discrimination from the much needed viewpoint of the black oppressed. I particularly wanted to co- to touch on the additions from Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Bell Hooks, and Cornel West. Frederick Douglass was an escaped slave born around 1818, where he became an advocate and author on slave abolition and women's rights. So Douglass believed that slaves were human beings and hence moral beings. Moral beings are intellectual and responsible beings and everyone has property to their own body. Slavery does not allow a person to have ownership of their own body, so therefore slavery is wrong and unjust. So Douglas argues for the contract, the social contract theory of John Locke, the idea that humans have inalienable rights, um, natural rights which affirm their humanity, so thus African American people should be given the same equal rights as their white counterparts. He also assigned that ignorance and fear that many whites held were the cause for the cruelty which black people had to face. So this cruelty was not something innate with them. It was It's something that was learned. It was learned behavior and this fear and ignorance led to the discrimination which the black Americans had to face or have to face. Focusing on Martin Luther King, his ideology focused more on non-violent action with the addition of non-demonization of white oppressors. So he argued that unjust laws such as Jim Crow segregation hurt both the white racist oppressor and the black oppressed. So the black person would obviously be oppressed because it would limit um, their movement, it would limit the type of jobs that they could um, engage with, it would limit where they were allowed to eat, where they were allowed to um, buy things, it would limit um, who they could engage in a relationship with, it would limit their just just freedom to go out on the streets unbothered, um, and the black person would feel inferiate, inferior and discriminated, while the white oppressor would feel a false sense of superiority. So this discrimination was, was a two-way street. It laid heavily on, more heavily on the black oppressed, but this discrimination and this racism disallowed for black and white to come together and to create a fair society for all, a more just, productive society. He also argued that no no matter how bad the injustice, achieving racial equality should not come at the expense of harming society. So therefore, the ends don't justify the means. Um, This runs in contrast to Malcolm X, who suggested that the ends do justify the means. That black should achieve racial equality at many at any means necessary i kind of want to touch on bell hooks because this was not something that was really brought up in the lecture but um this came from additional reading and 
This came from additional reading from books and textbooks recommended to us because I think it was in, I, I wanted to include Bell Hooks because I wanted to bring a female perspective and see what or what a black African American woman contributed to American philosophy. So Bell Hooks commented that the critiques which feminism made in the 1960s were lacking in a non-white and poor women perspective. So this perspective was mostly focused on white middle-class women who felt restricted and trapped within their gender roles and they wanted something more of themselves. They wanted to deviate from their gender roles from being a housewife. This perspective failed to recognize that many poor black women neither had homes to raise their families or didn't have the choice to work outside the home. Hope Hoax notes that why while white middle class women had more choices, Hoax notes that white middle class women had more choices in regards to career, in regards to freedom, in regards to choices than poor black women, and poor black women lack these options. So Hoax paved the way for intersectional feminism. Intersectional feminism is a, is a movement that aims to recognize how gender relates to class, race, sexual identity, age, and different aspects of identity which a person has or carries. And that relationship can create different experiences depending on these intersections. So while white and black women share the same gender identity, their different racial identity contributes to the way society treats these women it affects these it it this affects the way these women are treated and how this and how these women or how each woman experiences oppression so for cornell west he brought on the kind of controversial idea that a philosopher has to undergo a particular experience before they write about it originally i disagreed with this because I felt that if somebody did enough research and they're, if they received information from someone who was experiencing a particular thing, then they could come to an informed understanding on a topic in, in order to write about it. So for instance, Karl Marx wrote a lot about class struggles and the way capitalism separates and divides us and how it affects um, various groups of people along class lines despite him being a factory owner but he still wrote about a working class perspective I have since then I've changed my mind how I felt about the topic because I realized that there's nothing more invaluable than receiving information from a first-hand perspective um, it's not impossible to get information if you haven't experienced something directly yourself, but there's nothing more valuable and honest and true and um, rich and nuanced as someone who has experienced, say, racial oppression firsthand. Another concern was that what could happen is someone who hasn't experienced a particular type of injustice firsthand might speak over someone who has. So, for instance, 
if a white person is the dominant voice in a conversation about racial oppression despite them not experiencing something like that but because they have privilege and power over their black counterparts they might be the dominant voice and might set the tone or set the expectations for how a person might feel about a particular a particular topic so instead i believe it's best to receive the information from someone who has experienced something from a first-hand perspective and amplify their voices so if if it's a topic about women oppression you would receive that information you would go to a woman firsthand if it's something about racial oppression then um a black person a, a hispanic person asian person and so forth if it's about class struggle you'll go to a working class person not to say that someone outside of that pool can't have a perspective but the most valuable perspective comes from someone who has faced the person.